Welcome to Eyes West, the podcast for movers looking for a new place to live in the American West and the connections to get it done. I'm your host, Dick Crawford, and with me today is my dear friend, Karen Quinn, a realtor with the South Orange County firm of Regency Real Estate Brokers in Mission Viejo. Welcome, Karen, and thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank you, Dick. Thank you for having me. We, uh, we certainly have a lot of history um, in real estate together, and I look forward to being part of this podcast. I, I think uh, you've been in this business for many, many years. I think you started when you were about 12. Uh, give us a little background how you started and got to be with Regency. Well, certainly. Um, actually, I'm starting uh, my 43rd year in real estate. I started right out of college. I graduated from USC. I taught high school at Huntington Beach High School for a year. Um, the state ran out of money. They couldn't afford to pay school teachers, so I got my real estate license, and the rest is my career history. I am one of the founders of Regency Real Estate Brokers. We opened in 1994. Uh, and uh, there are we have about 175 agents, and I'm one of the owners here. So um, my and my area uh, of expertise, as you know, is our offices in Mission Viejo. I I go pretty much about as far up as Irvine, um, as far west as the ocean, Laguna Beach, uh, and then as far south as Dana Point and San Clemente, and as far east as oh cities like Coda de Casa, Rancho Santa Margarita, that you may you know you and your our listeners may have heard of. Yes, you've, you've got quite a good footprint down there with a good variety of, of neighborhoods and such. So yes, we are neighbors in the business. Uh, I work primarily in the north, you primarily in the south. Tell me about your South County clientele and how you approach the business with them. Well, I've been very blessed over the years to for most of my clients to become, at the very least, their trusted advisor and many times their family realtor. So um, it's multiple generational transactions. Um, I started young in the business, uh, and so I worked with a lot of people that were my age, that were in their middle and late 20s, maybe owned their first condo. And of course, we all grew up together. So, you know, th- those people ended up by buying detached homes, maybe getting promotions and um, purchasing something larger. Um, life happens. Uh, we, you know, unfortunately, we have divorces, moves, uh, ill health, et cetera, where I've helped people navigate through all of those um, parts of life as far as their housing fits into that. Um, and now I'm actually working with clients of mine that are going full circle and they're moving into over 55 communities and um, and I have some that have inherited homes and I have some that actually have put my business card in their little trust advisor and their will for their kids because again I've become their family realtor so it's relationship building over time starting out as a trusted advisor and moving eventually into just a comfortable place where I'm the person that they come to for any and all of their real estate needs, refer me their family and friends. That's marvelous. So many parts of that explanation just um, ringed with definitions of success. That's, that's just fantastic. Uh, and you can be very proud of yourself because becoming that big a part of their family is, is um, rare. And so that's a good mark, uh, mark of a good agent. Uh, I get the question these days, how is the market? And of course, we get it all the time. But this year, it's coming up more than ever with all all the uh, different events going on. 
What's the conversation with your clients and what's on their mind these days? Well, I think, um, you know, for buyers, um, they're excited about the low interest rates. These interest rates are crazy low. I've never seen anything, you know, interest rates below 3%. I never thought I would ever see that. Um, But buyers are jumping into the market um, because of the low interest rates. I'm getting the 50 and 60-year-old parents encouraging their 20 and 30-year-old, you know, young adult uh, children to, to get into their first home purchase. Um, people are able to move up within our area here in South Orange County from something smaller to something bigger um, because their monthly payments don't change that much because of the interest rates. So for buyers, I think they're mostly motivated by the interest rates. For um, sellers, there's really very little um, inventory. We have been struggling, I mean, you probably have too in North Orange County, with a low, very low inventory of homes available for sale for a variety of reasons people living in their homes longer, people working longer and retiring at 70 instead of 65 and moving for a variety of reasons. And then when the coronavirus hit in March, you know, there were a certain portion of the buyers that didn't want to have, pardon me, a certain portion of the sellers that didn't want to have, you know, people traipsing through their house and possibly spreading disease. So they held their home off the market for a while. So we have been dealing with um, low supply, high demand, very quick sales. So for for buyers, the question becomes, how do we get to the front of the pack and be the chosen buyer? Um, what price do we have to pay? Do we have to pay a little bit more maybe than the list price in order to be the chosen buyer? And for sellers, especially move-up sellers, it becomes, how do we sell our house and then um, purchase something else? And how do we navigate all of that? Because homes are selling quickly. We're happy with the sales price most likely we're going to get but then we're going to have to be buyers on the other end, and how do we factor all of that in? So those become probably the questions on both ends of the spectrum that I see, uh, have been seeing for a number last few years, but very much exacerbated in 2020. Yes, that's a good word, exacerbated. Yet we, we talk about um, uh, realtors wearing all kinds of different hats uh, throughout our career and throughout each transaction. And you just reminded me that we're kind of like boxers. Sometimes we duck and weave. We respond to the situation. And and certainly interest rates and um, low inventory and things like that are very definitely uh, things that we have to duck and weave through on behalf of our clients. Uh, in the In the news recently or this year, uh, and, and in trends everywhere and in conversation, we talk about or have heard about people in motion, people making or interested in making a big move. Um, and that is boomers downsizing, uh, young people you know, getting out of the basement or getting out of the apartment or getting out of the condo and getting into something bigger. And it's been brewing for years, and now it's, it's really top of mind. Everybody wants more space. Um, we've talked about this migration uh, throughout the West that we've been hearing about. We've been talking about it for a while now, and both of us put out surveys to our respective clients recently asking them for their perspective about what their next move is and what they've heard from their constituents and their, and their uh, friends and family and such. How have people responded to that survey that you put out? Well, it's interesting, you know, anecdotally, I've been asked these questions over the last, probably last two years, 
um, in regards to if I sell my home here, you know, I'm, I'm planning on going someplace else. And for the first maybe year or so, I just kind of thought it was individually uh, an individual's need to make a move. Perhaps it was, um, oh, you know, the 35-year-olds the uh, setting up their first, first home and an area that's a little bit less expensive and grandma and grandpa getting ready to retire in their mid-60s and maybe moving closer to the grandkids. Um, you know, I, that was the typical thing that we would always see. People would retire, maybe move closer to their family. Uh, we also see because here in South Orange County, and I know you have it up in North County where you are, there's a lot of equity that's been built up for people over the years, and they can take their nest egg that is residing in their home right now, and they can go buy something all cash with no mortgage in their retirement years, and that's very enticing. So I would say that that trend has continued. Uh, when I sent out my survey, that seemed to be very much a top answer, uh, taking my, my money from the sale of my house and buying uh, all cash somewhere else, um, also following my kids and my grandkids um, to areas where they can afford to put down roots and start their families. So that, those are probably the top couple of reasons. Um, people are very sensitive to the different income tax structure for state income tax in different states. California, as we all know, um, is very heavily taxed. And so state income tax, when people can move elsewhere, their dollar stretches a little bit further, either in terms of cost of living or in paying less taxation. I have a few of my uh, more well-off clients that are trying to figure out ways in retirement where they can uh, live maybe in like a city, or pardon me, a state maybe like Nevada for six months out of the year and also have a footprint here in California for six months out of the year, declare a state like Nevada as their principal place of residence, not have to pay the state income tax and still get, you know, six months and one day uh, living there and six months and one day less living here in California. Yeah. Um, and taking advantage of our weather and all of that. But I think the one thing that really jumped out at me at the conclusion, I just concluded my survey today, as a matter of fact. we just, I had a little drawing for my survey, and we picked our winner. Excellent. Uh, Very good. And, oh, it's so exciting. Noelle, Noelle won a $200 gift certificate, so uh, I know she'll be excited. I can't wait to call her after this call. Uh, <laughs> but it's ideology. People want to be around people who politically and socially and religiously think the same way they do. So because we have a reputation here in California as a more liberal state, we are seeing people with more overall conservative values considering other parts of the country such as Idaho, Montana, Utah, um, Arizona, Texas, where um, the business environment is a little bit more business friendly with their taxation, and where people of more conservative values can band together. I, um, I was recently talking to clients of mine that moved to Boise, Idaho, and also clients of mine that moved to Whitefish, Montana. And both of them said that the, the little joke in both of their new cities is that we can't find anybody originally from Idaho or Montana. They all are coming from California. And uh, so it's like Californians are finding more Californians except they're in Idaho and Montana. So, um, and the survey results kind of prove that to be true. Very interesting. Uh, um, yes, I've, I've heard uh, in some states uh, they advise you to arrive in the dark and park your car in the garage until you get your local license plates. 
Um, oh, well there, put, yes. <laughs> there's there's a little bit of a, I wouldn't say a backlash, but there's a little bit of, a, I don't know, finger wagging, if you will, because there are a lot of Californians moving out, or seemingly so. I mean, it's happened so many times in the past. So it's, uh, and, and it's, a, it's a mix. People are moving from Washington to Arizona and from Arizona to Idaho. People are moving all over the place. Well, you and, know, it's interesting. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. T- take off on that. Well, I was just in conversation with a real estate agent that I refer to quite often in Portland, a good friendship that I've developed over the years, and also a good friendship realtor uh, that I spoke with in Seattle because I was trying to get a feel for what they were experiencing. And both are experiencing quite a bit of an exodus from downtown Portland, exodus from downtown Seattle, and people are moving um, to eastern Washington, maybe eastern Oregon, Um, And because of the telecommuting, which I would love to speak to here for a moment and also hear what you're seeing up in North Orange County, but for them, they're saying that the telecommuting is such that they can maybe live two hours out of Portland or two hours out of Seattle, have a larger home, have a little bit more land, um, maybe commute in once a week for a business appointment and work the rest of the time out of their home so they don't have to be strapped to a nine-to-five job where they need to be at the desk in the office in downtown like they used to and have to be concerned about living so close by. Um, are you finding that telecommuting is prompting people to rethink their housing uh, where you are? Yes, no question about it. And it, all of it, um, I believe, I, I've, I've tried to condense it down to, to one thought or even one word, and all of it seems to be coming down to people wanting more space. And it's whether it's space for their car in a garage versus parking it on the street, you know, so they want to get a a condo with an attached garage instead of an apartment, uh, all the way up to somebody wanting, you know, land, more space to just breathe. And it includes space inside the house. Uh, Seems like everybody in the family now needs an office uh, with, with education coming home with both parents uh, possibly working from home at least part of the time. And while you're at home, people want the great rooms. They, you know, they want all this extra space in the house, and they also want the space outdoors, whether it's you know, more space for the dog or more space for the kids with a pool. It's space, space, space. And I believe the combination of technology and, as you mentioned, uh, various forms of, of um I'll say unrest as well as unsettling uh, environment if, if it's political or taxes or or whatever. Uh, technology and those various forms of unrest and low interest rates are fueling it. And so we're very much seeing it. And the people who uh, have the ability to take that kind of a step are considering it. Unfortunately, not everybody does because they their desk is is a table at a restaurant. They have to wait tables or they're in the entertainment business or something and, and they're a little bit more geographically bound. But those who are capable and able and have permission to entertain it are very definitely entertaining it, no question about it. I'm finding that both employees and employers are happy with the telecommuting. And if you think about it from an employer's standpoint, I think that commercial and residential 
uh, pardon me, commercial and uh, retail real estate is going to go through a major change because if more people are working from home, that just means commercial real estate is going to shrink. Uh, companies are going to be able to save money on their leases, and they're going to be able to save money on air conditioning at the office and, and uh, coffee at the office and the receptionist at the office and all the rest of that. And, uh, and the bigger burden in many ways will be put on the employee to be able to have a quiet place to be able to get their job done. Um, and, uh, but the benefit for the employee, even though they do have that burden of needing more space, is that they will uh, be able to be geographically uh, fluid in terms of, of where, they, uh, where they decide to land for their, for their family. Very good word, fluid. Um, I read, an, I don't know if it was an article or a conversation I had, but talking about the idea that uh, companies may ditch the, the big office, you know, the, the five-floor office downtown, and have five real small satellite offices um, around the perimeter of downtown that can be located closer to people in their homes so that people do have a place to go if they need to on occasion. They don't have to drive all the way downtown. The rents are lower in the perimeter, and it's a much more relaxed environment on the perimeter. And so that's one solution to people who, or for people, who can't necessarily do it all at home or businesses who don't want them to do it all at home, but recognize the fact that some of the time they're going to have to, you know, be at home and some of the time they're going to be wanted in the office. So little satellite offices in a strip mall. Uh, that was an interesting concept, uh, both for saving money for the firm and for addressing the needs for the way lib um, labor is being distributed. So we're in for some big changes. I agree. It's going to be very interesting times. Well, you know where I see the trend going, if you think about it? Look at how people dress. People don't, it, back in the olden days, right, you put on right. a suit and a tie yeah. and your nice Italian shoes, you drove to work, you worked all day, you came home, and then you put on your shorts or your jeans and you worked in the yard and you played with your kids. Yeah. You know, same with women. We put on a dress and pantyhose and high heels and we drove to the office you know, with our newly found briefcase from the women's lib movement. Uh, and then we, um, you know, and then we came home and we put on our jeans and our shorts and we played with our kids and we cooked dinner. And now if you really look at clothing trends, they are much more casual. You can take a pair of jeans and throw a blazer on it and meet almost anybody and you can wear those same pair of jeans and go garden yeah. uh, and throw on a tank top and, you know, be out there playing catch with your kids. So, it's, uh, I, I think that they always say that fashion follows, uh, follows whatever the societal trend is, and that's definitely fashion is showing us that. No question about it. They're, they're definitely gonna, going to support each other going forward. Now, you and your firm have helped thousands of people make big moves, uh, local and otherwise. What's been your success with referring people to agents in other states? Well, for the longest time, I would say, Dick, for probably close to 20 years, I have nurtured relationships with quality agents um, throughout the United States, but have focused my, intention, my attention on California and the Western states where most of my clients are, are you know, coming from or going to. Uh, so I have intentionally built a coterie of agents um, that I've gotten to know well. I belong to a coaching organization where we meet probably four or five times a year 
and we get good customer service uh, workshops. We get workshops on new real estate trends um, so that we are up to speed in, our, in the nuts and bolts of our business. But when people are coming from across the country or across the state to these events, I've made it a point to get to know some of these top agents, um, to take them to lunch, take them to coffee, invite them to dinners, um, and to be able to get to know them, know their market, know how they tick, get a feel for who they are, their integrity, um, the, the way they serve their clients, um, and their knowledge of their particular area. And uh, I stay in touch with them quarterly, a lot of times by phone, by personal note, by seeing them in person. Back in the days when we used to be able to eat together, we should be able to do that again soon. Um, and, uh, and for that reason, I feel like I have confidence if I'm expected to be the trusted advisor here in South Orange County or have established myself as a family realtor and my clients are moving out of my area of expertise, it is critical that I connect them with someone else who can be their trusted advisor and eventually will be that same family realtor in the next place they move. So I feel I have a responsibility to my clients to build those relationships because the question comes all the time, you know, we are the, we're kind of the straw that stirs the drink as realtors for our clients. It, it may be, do you have a good roofer? It may be, oh my gosh, it's the middle of the night and uh, my pipes burst. Do you know a good plumber? Uh, we're planning on moving and we want to do some new landscaping before we put the home on the market. Do you have a landscaper? So I always have a coterie of good tradespeople. I have to have a good coterie of people that are accountants and attorneys, estate attorneys, financial planners, um, insurance agents, uh, because again, all of those are people that are infused in a transaction. So I have to make sure that I've got good people that I can refer my clients to. But taking it one step further, I feel that if they're moving out of my area and moving either up or down the state of California or out to another state in the U.S., it's, um, I have a responsibility to them to not just you know, look on Yelp <laughs> and suggest somebody. So um, Yelp's great for you know, a great review for tacos or pizza, but I don't think it's a great review source for your biggest investment. So I've uh, nurtured those relationships over the years, and I feel very blessed to um, blessed to have those. When the when the rubber meets the road, and and you refer somebody, you, you know you don't just you know shove them off from shore in their rowboat and say good luck and follow the current. Um, how do you make that? You know how how do you follow up and follow through with with that that newfound relationship uh, for your client and make sure that things go well? How important is is that relationship during their their next transaction in that in that foreign state, if you will. Well, it's a, I want my clients to feel as though it's a continuum of me serving their needs. Whenever I have clients and I close a transaction, I always say that I'm going to be your realtor for life, and that includes being your resource for your next move. So I usually start off by consulting with my clients and helping them put together a game plan and to figure out what their objectives are. Ask them, what are your goals in this next move? You know, perhaps we're trying to save money on taxes or we're, we want to be closer to our grandkids or, um, you know, my company is going to allow me to telecommute and I'm looking for a pool home, whatever. Um, and so I try and get a hold, I try and get a handle on their objectives and I try and get them to understand their goals because I think a lot of times people have a broad concept of what they want, but they don't know the specifics of how to get there. Um, 
for instance, I have, I'm currently working with a family. They've been clients of mine for quite some time. Um, originally worked with the uh, with the clients who are now in their late 80s. Get this story. So the 35-year-old grandchild and his wife and the two little kids are looking to get themselves established and buy a home, and she'd like to quit working and depend on just the one income and be able to raise the family. They can't do that here in South Orange County. So I met with them first. I helped them put together a game plan for him to um, talk with his company about a job transfer, to research uh, areas um, outside of the Phoenix area. I guess apparently they've got a big hub there in Phoenix. I put him in touch with my friend Rachel in Chandler, Arizona. I did a letter of introduction explaining to Rachel all of the goals that um, that this couple was looking were looking to achieve. Um, Rachel got them connected with a lender there so that they could see what they could qualify for. Um, Rachel sent them up on a, um, a drip system of properties that met their criteria so that they could see ahead of time what they could or could not afford. This was all Rachel and I worked together in order to create, help my clients create this first set of clients create their game plan. Um, he has since um, gone ahead and talked with his company about the job transfer, and uh, he and his family have purchased a house in Chandler, Arizona, which is just a little bit outside of expensive Phoenix and Scottsdale. Um, and uh, so that was exciting. And then, of course, it can, became one step further. Now, uh, mom and dad, who were in their early 60s, um, can't stand the fact that the two grandkids are going to be living in Chandler, Arizona, and they're a six-and-a-half-hour <laughs> drive away. That's right. Um, the wife was able to, so I sat down with them, and I said, okay, well, I see now you, you have your goal. Your goal is to, be, is to have your family close together. So um, in this case, uh, I said, Terry, you know, you, you look like you have the most advantage in terms of um, being able to ask your client about telecommuting because I see you have been telecommuting yourself for the last six months. Are you happy with it as an employee, and is your employer happy with it? She indicated that it seemed to be working very well and that her employer had given her permission to telecommute. She'd already asked that question. Her husband uh, was sick and tired of the job, couldn't stand it anymore, um, and was very happy to look for something new in Phoenix, and they could afford to do it just on her salary. <laughs> there you go. So that was a no-brainer for him. Um, so again, I got them connected with Rachel. I made sure that uh, Rachel got them connected with a lender, that they could qualify with, um, with just her salary. Um, they went out there and, and made two trips out to the Chandler area to see what they could afford in their price range because I didn't want them to um, make a decision to sell their home here and do a really good job and sell their home and leave them in a pup tent with nowhere to go. Right. So, um, so they were very confident with what they could purchase. And actually, they ended up by purchasing something brand new from the builder and you know, drove right back here. We put a sign in the yard. Uh, we sold their home, and they're currently renting for the next two months until their home is going to be built. And then get the story. So now the original clients are in their late 80s, and they live in an over 55 community here in South Orange County. And they can't stand being away from their kids their grandkids, and their great-grandkids. Plus, their health is not as good as it could be, and they know that they need the help from you know, the older adults and their family. So, um, so I, I just actually over the weekend just sold their little condo in Laguna Woods, and they are closing escrow on November 4th, and the 60-year-olds are closing escrow on their brand-new home November 7th, and the 35-year-olds are welcoming the parents and grandparents to Chandler. And uh, my friend Rachel and her lender did a bang-up job. Um, but I, oversee, I oversaw all of this. I would say Rachel and I probably had a quick conversation once a week just to make sure things were going smoothly and, 
and uh, all of the goals and objectives that my clients had were met. That is fantastic. That is a great, great story, and it just uh, it it just uh, emanates uh, all the things that we we uh, we hope to be as realtors. Uh, that was fantastic. Uh, good for you. Good on you. And that really cuts to the quick of of my intention for the Eyes West podcast. After talking with four or five well-established Southern California agents, all of whom you and I know, um, my guests beyond that will be professional out-of-state agents who we all know and trust. And so that when our clients are selling their home here and buying a home there, we can follow through with that that idea that it's very important that the agents know each other and work together well so that that uh, that buy process on the other end works smoothly. Uh, it's my intention for the podcast, and I think people will appreciate having uh, those good connections they can trust. And that story, you and Rachel working together, you know, attached at the hip, that's a perfect example of what people need and what uh, you and, and a few of, of the other agents here in Southern California I'm going to talk with, what we can provide. So um, that's fantastic. I, I, I really enjoyed that story. Um, now, now to wrap it up, I have a couple of quick questions that I'd like to ask. Are you ready? Sure. Uh, you've touched on, on this one already a little bit, but I'll give you a kind of a chance maybe to, to, uh, to recap it. What's the biggest hesitation you see among sellers today? And how do you help them with, with that hesitation? Well, you know, I think that as realtors, if we're not careful, we look at the request to come out and talk to us about selling our home as a transaction. You know, I put the sign in the yard, I sell the box, uh, I get paid. And what I find is that when my clients are considering making a move, there's a lot of other factors besides just selling the home. There is potential retirement. And then you have the empathy. You empathize with someone that's maybe had a 40-year career and they're considering retiring. Or maybe their company is downsizing and they're having to face the, uh, just the, the sadness of, um, of, their, of their career coming to an end. It's, it's, it's gains and loss. It's, it's win and lose whenever people are, are are moving, and I think it's helping them navigate through the emotions of that. Um, sometimes it is um, giving up the family home. I raised my kids here. I don't want to put my home on the market until the first of the year. I want to have one last Christmas in my house. We're excited about where we're going, but we're sad about what we're leaving, and it seems to be a little bit of the yin and the yang. So it is, I think, really a matter of it's a trust. It is a sacred trust that we are given in this business. I feel that many times I have the opportunity to put my handprint on somebody's heart because we are brought in most most typically in a season where people are going through major change, good or bad. And you have that intimacy where they're showing, sharing their most intimate 
um, situation, good or bad. Guess what? I'm having a baby and we need a fourth bedroom. Guess what? John got a promotion and we're going to get that pool home we've always wanted. But you get the moves like, I just got diagnosed with a really tough disease and now I need to have a one-level home instead of a two. Or I'm getting older and I need to be closer to my kids. Or I lost my job and I think I can, this life's more affordable someplace else. Um, So we call it kind of happy moves and sad moves, and I think that we just need to have the empathy in this business. We're brought in, like I said, in a sacred trust. um, It's a much bigger deal than just the selling of the house. There you go. That's exactly right. It's not a transaction. It's a relationship, and we need to really keep that in mind. How do you uh, make the business fun for you and for your clients? Well, I'm always appreciative of um, I'm appreciative of the opportunity to work with my clients, and I really look at it as a long-term relationship. So um, I try and put together a couple of client parties a year, just something to be able to express my appreciation for them, and just a place for them to be able to gather. Um, every Thanksgiving, I have my annual what I call my pie party, and um, I give away. Oh gosh, it's last year it was like eighty. Um, either apple or pumpkin pies. People come to my office. We've got this huge room at the office. Um, I turn it into a party. Um, the kids get to do face painting. The kids get to do, um, you know, we have a, a coloring contest for the kids. I've got food, sit, visit. And so a lot of my clients have gotten to know my other clients over the years. Um, I've done that this year. I did um, an ice cream truck at my office, so we kind of had an ice cream social um, event. I've taken clients of mine over the years to something called Pageant of the Masters, which is um, a beautiful outdoor event in Laguna Beach. Um, I kind of did that one year for all of my clients that purchased a home for me that year. Wow. Um, and I found that my clients have gotten to know my other clients, and it's just so fun when they both have something nice to say about me. Um, and uh, for them to find their own, you know, find, to find commonality. I find whenever I do these things, it's like, oh my gosh, it's like setting up a, uh, a wedding party where you try and put the right people at the right table. So I'm always like, oh my gosh, you know, you're, you're originally from Arizona. You're originally from Arizona. Why don't you guys get to know each other? Oh, your kids are going off to college this year and yours are, you know, a junior in high school. Maybe you can give the other one advice, you know, this kind of thing. So I'm always kind of looking for commonality for them so they can build a little bit of rapport and friendships um, while they're uh, you know, while they're at my events. I also, about every other year, try to do some sort of an instructional workshop on a topic that is of value to um, currently to my clients. I've done first-time homebuyer workshops, um, and it's so funny because it's the parents and the grandparents that mostly come. Uh, and then they go home and tell their kids it's time to buy. <laughs> um, I've done um, senior workshops. You know, what are, what are the things that you need to know if you're making moves that are related to um, senior uh, realities. Um, I have done investor workshops. I'm buying investor property. And, um, and actually, this podcast and this conversation has made me think about maybe next year my workshop will be on how to prepare for a move if you're going to be moving um, out of state. So yep. maybe that will be my workshop, and people can come and get good ideas. There you go. There you go. Well, thank you for that. We, we all need a little more confidence and hand-holding and empathy and laughter in our lives, don't we? I mean, it's, uh, I think that's, that's coming to the fore in, uh, in bold letters these days. Um, so thank you for that. 
Ladies and gentlemen, if there was ever a time for strong relationships and trust among professionals, it is definitely now. So if you have questions about the South Orange County market, and if you would like to hear more about your options for leaving California, uh, Karen Quinn of Regency Real Estate Brokers in Mission Viejo should definitely be your first call. Her local service, of course, is second to none. I know that. And she knows agents throughout the West who can help you land on both feet wherever you're going. And in future episodes on this podcast, you will hear from agents across the West, all of whom are our friends and colleagues in the business, all of whom you can trust, and we can hook you up. Karen, this has been a very engaging call, and I really appreciate your time and your anecdotes. It's so helpful. I hope you enjoyed it as well. I did, most definitely. Absolutely. All right. Well, you take good care of yourself and be safe and have an excellent rest of the week. Thanks again. Very good. I will. Thank you for having me, Dick. All righty. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.